Hello and welcome to the Oikos Family Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 25, and I'm Sonia Wood. Thank you for joining me. Today's short story that I'm sharing with you here in this podcast has so many good moral lessons in it that I think that I should not chat on, but rather just leave you to listen to the story, and then you can glean from it whatever may be pertinent to you in your personal reality. The short story today is from The King's Daughter and Other Short Stories for Girls. Um, In fact, there are 43 stories in this publication, so if you are wanting more of them, you can actually get the audiobook of The King's Daughter and Other Short Stories for Girls from wherever you purchase audiobooks. You know, they're from all the different audiobooks platforms. You'll be able to search for it and get it or purchase it if you so choose. But I am going to be sharing some of them in this Oikos Family Podcast channel. So today's one is called Jenny Browning. As I said, I believe it's got a lot of moral lessons in it. So I do hope that you will find something helpful in it. So here it is. Jenny Browning The light of a beautiful Sabbath was fast fading, and the last golden gleams fell softly upon the form of a light-haired little girl who sat by a cottage window, her head leaning upon her hand as if in deep thought. The sun had departed like a grand old monarch, leaving behind him a glory of purple and gold more beautiful than his own full splendour. Yet the little girl saw nothing of this beauty. She was thinking of the story in the Sabbath school book she had been reading, the story of a child's life, and she wondered if all that happened in the story could be really true. Jenny was pondering in her troubled brain a question which the reading of the book had brought. What could it be? Eventually it was not to be answered easily, for her face only grew more clouded, until at last she resolved to ask the help of some wise amand. Fortunately, Jenny knew that she had but to make her perplexities known to her mother, and they would all be explained in the clearest way. So, seating herself in the rocking chair by her mother's side, she said, Mummy, I want to tell you something. Well, dear, what is it? I've just finished my Sabbath school book, you know, and it was just perfectly lovely all about the sweetest little girl, only she was always doing some kind things for everybody, and I've been trying to think what's the reason little girls in books always have so many chances for doing good, and little girls like me, who are out of the books, don't have any at all. Not any at all? questioned the mother. Is that really so? Well, no, not quite, I suppose, said Jenny. But then they are just nothing but the tiniest little bits of things. There's never anything big and splendid for me, for real girls, little girls like me, to do. Now, Susie Christie, in the story, took her little sister May out for a walk, and just while they were crossing a bridge, May pulled her hand away from Susie's and tried to walk on the edge, just as close as she could. But in about one second, her foot slipped, and she could have fallen right into the water, if her sister hadn't jumped right to her and caught a hold of her dress and pulled her back to safety. Now just think, Mummy, 
said Jenny, her blue eyes opening widely as she spoke. Susie Christie saved her little sister's life. Wasn't that a splendid, big something to do? Yes, my dear, that was a brave thing for a little girl to do, for even an older person might have been too frightened by seeing the danger May was in to act quickly. But if my little Jenny will always try to keep quite still and never scream when any sudden fright comes to her, she too may be able to think quickly of the best way in which to help herself or others. But, Mummy, you know that nothing ever happens to me, and besides, I haven't any little sister or brother. Well, never mind, my child. If you will do carefully everything you do understand, and obey cheerfully even when you cannot see why you should, you will please your Heavenly Father and give me comfort and pleasure, and perhaps some day you may have the chance to do something brave. Jenny's face grew brighter as it always did when she had confided her griefs to her mother. And for many days she had watched and waited anxiously, thinking that at any time something might happen. And so it did. For one day a letter came from Jenny's aunt, Mrs Graham, saying she would come and spend a few days with her sister and bring her little Willie, a boy about two years old. Of course they were very welcome, and Jenny greatly enjoyed playing with her cousin. He was a charming fellow, but very fond of having his own way. And one of his great enjoyments was to plunge two chubby hands into Jenny's thick, light hair and pull it with all his might. Of course, this was a short-lived pleasure when any older person saw him. But when they were alone, Jenny would endure the pain patiently until she could coax the little fellow to let go. She never gave him a crossword, and when the nurse would say impatiently, Indeed, Miss Jenny, it's a wonder you don't slap his hands. She would answer gravely, Oh no, he's so much littler than I am. Jenny was not perfect, and though she generally tried to do what was right, sometimes, like the rest of the world, she wanted to do what she knew was wrong. And one bright afternoon, when she was playing in the yard, her mother called her, Your aunt and I must ride to the station directly, to meet uncle and your father, and I would like to have you go quietly into the nursery and sit there until Maggie returns from an errand. It won't be too long. But, Mummy, Willie is sound asleep. He doesn't want me, said Jenny, who was anxious to stay out of doors. Yes, dear, I know it, but we shall feel safer to have someone in the room, even if he is asleep. Something might happen if he is alone. Jenny, however, was so unwilling to sit quietly in the house that even these familiar words did not attract her. But with slow steps and a sullen face, she obeyed her mother's wishes. She knew quite well how slight a thing she had been asked to do. And although at another time she would not object, just now when she wanted to do something else, it seemed very hard to give up her own will. Her conscience was so disagreeable, too, for it would keep saying all the time, I'm ashamed of you, Jenny Browning. Can't you do this for your kind mamma, even if you do want to do something else? How tiresome it all was, and how she wished she could just do as she liked. Thoughts like these kept filling Jenny's mind as she stood looking out the nursery window. But all at once she was aroused by the strong smell of burning wool. Turning quickly, the child grew almost rigid with fear as she saw just in front of her, 
a small flame burst out from the rug before the fire, and not far from the crib where Willie lay sleeping. In an instant, however, the thought, What shall I do? was followed by the remembrance of what her mother had often said. If in any way your dress should ever take fire, you must try to smother it at once. Never run away, but throw yourself down or wrap yourself in anything that can be found. Remembering this, she hastily caught up the other end of the rug, which was large and heavy, and threw it over the flame. This quite extinguished it, for it had only just started into life when Jenny saw it. Now she wanted to see somebody, and not daring to move, she began to scream. This wakened Willie, who added his voice to the uproar, and soon brought the bewildered nurse to the rescue. In less than an hour, the carriage returned, and Jenny was kissed and praised more than she had ever been in all her happy life, by her parents and her aunt and uncle, for they saw quickly what had happened and trembled to think what might have been. That night, Mrs. Graham bent to give Jenny her good night kiss, and she whispered, May God bless you, my thoughtful little niece, for you have saved your cousin's life today. Why, did I really? thought Jenny. How glad, how glad I am, for if I hadn't been there, the fire could have caught the crib, and oh, oh, that would have been awful. Then, as memory brought the scene more clearly before her, and she recollected, how her conscience had fairly pushed her into the room. Her little face grew red with shame, and she softly said, I will never fight with my conscience again, for if I had my own way, I could never have saved poor Willie's life.